I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Canto by Dispatch. Today I'm Brittany and joining me today, as always, is my friend Emily Lynn. Hi Emily! Hi Brittany! How are you? I'm doing alright. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We need to talk about Vegemite. Okay. I'm willing to do that. Yeah, it's fucking delicious. Like, shout out to Rebecca. So I've been having those crisps with cheddar and... Yeah, shapes. Yeah, with cheddar and Vegemite. And those are so good. Oh, my God. They're incredible. I'm, like, almost mad that their snacks and their candy is truly better than ours. Look, like, some of those crackers, like, we have equivalent of, you know, like, the cheese ones, fine. Like, the chicken ones, like, I think chicken and a biscuit are perfectly a good substitute for the chicken shapes. However, we do not have anything like Vegemite and cheese because we don't have anything like Vegemite. There's no substitution for that in America. And like I was even at the point of I was looking at boxes on Amazon and I'm like, I can't I can't I can't spend twenty dollars <laughs> on a box of crackers. Oh man, they're they're so good. Like each and every one of them. Like I've had the pizza ones and the chicken ones. I like the chicken ones because they remind me of top ramen and it's like I'm eating top ramen crackers. Like yeah. just it's delightful. Um, but I was really surprised about that because that's my, kind of like my first introduction to Vegemite. So I'm excited for what the future holds with Vegemite because I think that's like maybe like one of the best parts about Australia possibly is Vegemite. And Rebecca and Catherine and Turbo and Frouche and Andy and – um. There's another person. He he does a podcast. I, I think his name is Mike. Mike Mike Mole. Mike. <laughs> uh-huh. That's right. Mike Pappas Mole. Who loves how I met your mother. Big fan of Ted Mosby. That motherfucker. <sighs> but I digress. Um, how are you? How was your Thanksgiving? It was fine. Uh I uh, in the morning, I FaceTimed with Hannah because she likes to watch the Macy's Parade. It's like her favorite thing to watch. So I had it on here and was talking to her while she watched it. And that was fun. Um, 
then I, I don't know, I didn't do much. I talked to Kev for a while. I made a chicken and just had like potatoes and stuffing and various things. It was fine. I watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles because it's a Thanksgiving movie. But that was about it. It was nice. How about you? Mine was good. Woke up early for a nice morning jog, so that was nice. Um, hung out with family, played some Scrabble. So that was always fun. Um, didn't eat too much, but there's a lot there. Um, I'm weird. I like my stuffing cold. So I like my stuffing, um, after Thanksgiving more than on Thanksgiving. Okay. Cold stuffing is good. Yeah. So that was good. We always get a ham too. Cause I'm not the biggest turkey person. We get like a honey baked ham and, you know, some scalped potatoes and those are always good, but we didn't really do much. It was nice though. Nice like four day weekend was <clears throat> much needed. So it was nice. Got to hang out with my dad. We've been running together, so that's been fun. So, that sounds nice. You just talking. You just talking about stuffing reminded me. I got, and I'm sure they don't have them anymore because they were just you know it's Trader Joe's and they get things for like two weeks. They had stuffing flavored potato chips. And it just tastes like eating dry stovetop stuffing mix. And it is amazing. Man, I, I hope have, they still I have those. I got two bags and I there is one that has remained unopened because <laughs> I want to save it. Because I know I'm not going to be able to have it again. And yes, Save it for emergencies. Yes. I know. I've been getting a lot of stuff from Trader Joe's recently. Um... I got their, like, sautéed Brussels sprouts that were really good. You know, the mac and cheese, really good. Um, I love their meringues. And I got their frozen macarons. Um, I'm trying to think what else I got from Trader Joe's recently. But have, um, have you ever had their pancake bread? Oh, God. I probably want to. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's with, like, it's with, like, the desserty stuff. Or sometimes the, like, muffins and stuff. Even though it is just cake. It is just, it's delicious. It's super moist and dense, kind of like the texture of a banana bread, but it tastes like pancakes with a entire bottle of maple syrup on it. Oh. I'm, I'm so lucky. I live close to two different Trader Joe's, like 10 minutes from, you know, from both locations. So I need to go back there and get some stuff. But I mean, I'm like a minute away from a grocery store. So sometimes I'm like, I'd rather just go down the street versus 10 minutes. But I need to get more frozen stuff because I really like their um, frozen mac and cheese. That's good. And they have a couple of like, they'll get like little different varieties of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been so busy. I feel like, you know, it's almost December and I have all my Christmas stuff up. But I mean, you know, thank God I started early because, you know, the holidays are just going by so fast. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to miss them. It's definitely rapidly approaching. I don't like it. Too quick. Yeah. Like, I I was able to do some Black Friday shopping. I got some stuff. Um, but I didn't get everything yet. And that's always stressful is, you know, making sure to get everyone everything that they want. Then, you know, the list of people. Then we're doing a secret Santa at work. I have to get something for that and all a bunch of fun shit. But it's exhausting. Oh, my office Christmas party is a week from Friday. Ugh. 
Boo. We still get barbecue and liquor. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. Kind of depends who's like which. Because they'll do, we do it sometimes, we'll do it with like with the different like doctors we work with or something. So it sort of depends whoever is paying for it. Hmm. If it's my boss versus some of the other people who will pick different things. But regardless, it'll be, it'll be booze. Lucky, we don't have those at ours. Yeah, no, my, yeah, my boss can fucking drink. And he is very generous with (laughs) that kind of thing. (laughs) Oh my God. I saw, I saw the day before Thanksgiving, I saw Glass Onion. No spoilers. How was it? So good. Uh, If, if, if it had already been on Netflix, I would have watched it again this weekend after I saw it in the theater. It is so funny. It, It, there's a couple of, Excellent cameos that I'm not going to spoil. Um, Deanna Craig is a delight, as always. Uh, Batista is so good. I love that guy. He is really, really funny in a role that I don't think a lot of people would have been able to pull off. Because he's kind of this like men's rights activist YouTuber. And he's just so funny. And Ed Norton, I mean, I know the guy's an asshole, but... He's hilarious, and he's basically Elon Musk in this movie. And uh, Kate Hudson's really good. I feel like I haven't seen her in anything in ages. I didn't. Oh, I, I didn't know how funny she was, but the, and and also just the mystery part of it's really good. And there's yeah, that was it was one where I was laughing a lot, like out loud in the theater. Everybody seemed really into it. I saw a sold out showing. Wish they were in theater for more than a week, but Netflix is stupid. Yeah, that's interesting. It's only out for a week, and then Netflix is not going to race it until like a month later. Uh, the theaters wanted to show it more, and Netflix said no. So, getting your movie money, is it as important as only streaming it on Netflix? Yeah, apparently so. Even though, I don't think that movie's going to, you know, suddenly have a huge influx of subscribers for them or anything. Does Netflix want to die soon? I mean, they seem to. It's one of those companies that's never, like, actually made money, you know, and just makes terrible business decisions. I, I, look, I support giving Ryan Johnson, like, half a million, half a billion dollars or whatever they gave him for the next couple of Knives Out movies. I totally, that's great. It's awesome. Why don't you let people show them in the theaters? You will get money from that. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, Knives Out did super well. Yeah. Would you say this one was better than Knives Out? I I can't answer that yet because I have seen Knives Out so many times that I love Knives Out. And I've only seen this one once, so I need to watch it a couple more times. I think they are probably about the same. That's pretty good. In terms good. of quality? Um... 
Yeah. There's just some hilarious stuff in this, though, because I was a little bit like, oh, man, that first cast was so good. I mean, how do you beat Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Shannon? And then it's everybody's perfect. Yeah, I know. I remember the first time I saw that. It was a drive-in movie, I think, during COVID. Because that was the only thing you can really do is, you know, drive in. Because, I mean, you're social distance in your cars. And um, I thought it was really good. I was surprised that it was that good. Because, I mean, I don't like whodunits anyways. But I love Ryan Johnson. So that yeah, helped. And, yeah. And the, the, the last 20 minutes or so of this movie, like when everything comes together, is... I was dying. It's so funny. God bless Daniel Craig. He must be so happy to not be James Bond anymore. Because he hated James Bond. Oh, he did? Like, as a character, he hates James Bond. He thinks he's a horrible fucking misogynist asshole. Because he is. Mm-hmm. It's just most most actors who have played him don't, you know, say that. And he did. But... I, I don't know. I just, I feel like, because he looks the way he does. You know, he looks like James Bond. But he's kind of just a goofball. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Johnson's got to be a goofball. I love a handsome, goofy guy. It's I feel the same way about John Hamm. John Hamm looks like a, you know, golden era Hollywood Cary Grant type and he's great at that don't get me wrong I mean obviously Mad Men he's incredible but again he seems to be enjoying himself when he did uh, 30 Rock or when he's done the Fletch movie or or any of the other many comedies he's done because he's a guy who's really really into comedy and it's kind of unfair that he looks like that and is also very very funny (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was also in Top Gun, which he was more serious in Top the second Top Gun. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I know he wasn't. I know you weren't talking about Top Gun, <laughs> but I still haven't seen Maverick. It's pretty good. I'm I'm never gonna watch it. Hey, but speaking of something that I'm surprised you're gonna watch, so Emily is going to go see blue people soon. <sighs> Look. Much like with cats, it's all Steve's fault. Not only not only am I going to go see The Way of Water. I'm going to go see it in 40X the opening Friday. Oh my god, why? <laughs> That's well, terrible. If I'm going to see a terrible I don't, I don't even know if it's going to be terrible it's james cameron i i'm not a big james cameron fan but he makes a spectacle i if i'm going to go see this movie i would rather see it with a crowd of people who are super into it i mean who's that into that i mean well look i mean it's you know like the biggest money maker of all time a lot of people are really into it like people love to love to see like oh nobody really cares about Avatar. I'm like okay then how did it make be the highest grossing movie of all time? Because it's insanely popular. Maybe because in the 
early 2010s, late 2009, because that's when it came out, right? 2000? No, it was 2010. So the early 2010s, you know, there were many horny high school teenagers that needed to go to the movie theater, Look, and the every, only movie was playing. Everybody on. saw Avatar. Everybody, Did you? Saw, of course, they saw Avatar. It was the biggest movie in the world. Like everybody, so everybody, like every single person I know, like was seeing that movie in three D. But I mean, I don't think it's a particularly great story, but it was an immaculately like done three D movie in a way that three D hadn't been done before. Now I don't like three D. But it was the best 3D I've ever seen. I don't know how you top that in this movie because I don't know what else you do after that. It's just, I mean, is it more 3D? What the fuck is it? Who knows? But it's James Cameron. And he spent so much money on this movie that it is not the third or fourth most profitable movie of all time. Like, it not if it's not the third or fourth highest grossing movie of all time, they won't even break even. What did he do? Who the fuck? fuck knows but it took him 12 years <laughs> supposed to come out what like five or six years ago james cameron he makes he makes movies he doesn't give a shit what anybody tells him to apparently fox executives came to him and it's like can you make this movie shorter and he said get the fuck out of my office i, I look he is an asshole of a human being but i kind of respect that he just does whatever the hell he wants to do and what he wants to do is make not particularly interesting stories about blue people, but they're really spectacular to look at. I'm so glad I still have his goddamn 3D glasses. Maybe I can wear those when I go see it. You know, they give you 3D glasses, right? You don't have to. I've never seen a 3D movie. You've never seen a 3D movie? Well, okay. The, the last 3D movie I saw was Spy Kids 2D. And that was like in 2003, 2004. So that doesn't count. I've never seen a 3D movie. That's, that's weird. I don't like it. It makes me feel kind of nauseous. And in 4DX, that's the one where the seats move around and they like spray water at you and shit. And there's like scents. Or... When they were when they were released, um, the Phantom Menace in theaters, was it in three D? I have no fucking idea. Because I remember seeing it, but I'm not sure if it was in three D. But I don't, I don't think I've ever seen. But I'm not gonna because I already I'm I'm planning on seeing Avatar, but I'm gonna go like on a Tuesday. At one of those theaters where it's like only like six bucks on Tuesdays. So. You, you know how much it cost to see fucking Avatar and 40X? $40? Oh man, your your James Cameron sandwich. I can't wait to see like the, the themed foods and drinks they're going to have for this spe- spectate. I just, I've, I've, look, Steve and I have been wanting to see a movie in 4DX together. I've never seen one. We were going to go see Minions in in 4DX, but it was only in the 4DX theaters for like a week. And then there was some superhero movie that kicked it out. So we didn't have a chance to see Minions. So now we're going to go see Avatar. Well, that's good. Because then you would have encountered the gentle Minions. And those people were really bad because they would dress up and then they trash the theaters. 
Yeah, don't do that. Just just enjoy the Minion movie. Yeah. So the Minions, like, they're fine. Like, they've never done anything bad. They're just funny memes for boomers. Well, well, no, I mean, that's the whole thing is that they are Minions and they work for supervillains. Yeah. But they're cute. Oh, they're very cute. I love the Minions. Unironically, I just love them. I think they're very cute and they make me laugh. I love them as, like, boomer memes. Those are my favorite. What I love about the like the the weird Christian boomer meme minion minions stuff <laughs> is there's there's like never any correlation between what minion picture they choose to put their weird boomer Christian text on. It, it just like it'll be a, like a minion playing the piano, and then it's something about happy Monday. Jesus loves you. <laughs> Play the piano for Jesus. Yeah, those are always like, funny. Here's a here's here's a minion standing on his head. Don't you hate it when teenagers are so loud? <laughs> Just the most baffling decisions. I feel like now I need to start just doing like boomer minion memes, like just out of context. <laughs> Like, just on my Twitter, or just anytime, just because I want to be part of the movement. I want to be part of the boomer movement of putting memes. I used to work with this guy who, like, every Monday he would put one of those minion memes. It would just would not make sense. It would always make me laugh because I'm like, oh, like, he's trying. <laughs> he's trying to do memes, but. I don't know. Better than those, because a long time it was those memes, and it was like kind of like the older style memes, and it was just talking about, like, I'll do this shit again or something, or like, oh, like just talking shit, but like the old-fashioned memes, you know what I'm talking about? No. Where it's like someone's like, you know, ironing something, and then they're like, get off my fucking lawn. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll, fi- I'll find the context, and then I'll, I'll include it somewhere so that someone can finally understand what I'm talking about, because I feel like... Um, no one ever does, but it's fine. Totally fine. Um, did you watch Finish Bake Off? Yeah. It was fine. Like, I like them all, so I'm not like, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. It was, it was fine. It was, it was a fine challenge. Um, I'm sad it's over, though. I, I enjoyed my Bake Off Fridays. Yeah. I like that. I still haven't watched any more of The Crown. I just haven't even thought about turning it on. It's not like I'm deciding not to turn it on. I just have not thought about it. We binged it and we loved it. I think it's the best season yet. Oh, wow. Yeah, I... I don't know why because, I mean, I I feel like the first two seasons were really good. Like, that first season was also one of my favorites. But I think with this one, because, you know, we're kind of getting into the 90s. Like, finally, Britney is born. So, you know, I'm remembering this stuff that, like, my mom would tell me. Because my mom was, like, the hugest Diana stan. Like, she told me that when she she was cleaning – or she was scrubbing when she found out that um, Princess Diana died and she was just like sobbing while like scrubbing the floor. My dad's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And she's like, the princess is dead. Oh. So, yeah. No, I think I I actually think that's why I have not been as interested this season because this is stuff I remember. 
Yeah, they they got Prince Charles down though. Even though he's not look like Charles at all, he is so fucking good. He has he has the mannerisms down. He has the facial expressions down. Especially like his hunch. Like when he sits down, he has that little hunch, and I'm like, holy shit, he has the hunch. Uh, the episode I did really like that I watched was the one about oh god, what's his name? The her uh, Diana's uh, lover. A Dodie. Yes. Or Dottie. Yeah. The one about his father, I thought was excellent. That, I know that was, I think that's one of my favorite episodes of the whole series. I, I think that I, I was, was a beautiful I episode. I was surprised to find out that that man is still alive. He is 93 years old, I think. I know. I saw that too. I know, which reminds me, like, every time Carlos sees um, Queen Mother, he's always like, this bitch is still alive. <laughs> what is she doing? <laughs> Man, like, it sure is why nice is she to be, still here? It sure is nice to be incredibly wealthy. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's literally like every time you would see her, be like, God damn it. What is she still doing she does, here? She does fucking suck. She just always has sucked and she just like continuously sucks. So I don't know. Um, but that episode was really good. Um, I it's interesting, you know, as we get new characters, like I find out like which ones like, you know, which set of characters I like the most. Uh, I mean, Diana still I loved Emma Corrin's version of Diana. Um, Elizabeth DePecky, she's her Diana is fantastic, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I Really liked uh, Margaret. Um, I liked her episode because we didn't really get a lot of Margaret in seasons three and four, which now I'm thankful for hearing that uh, What's-Her-Face is terrible. Yeah, Helena so, Carter. Fuck her. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even remember her name. That's how fucking bad she is. And I know all celebrity names. So, um, yeah, fuck her. So that was good. Um what else? I, I thought that the who whoever played the queen, I don't know her name actually. Um she did good. She was believable. I I have to say, from from the episodes I've seen, I know it's not a major character, but I am impressed with for whatever reason, the casting that they have absolutely nailed, even with the casting shifts, is Princess Anne. Oh yeah. She's just always been perfectly cast. It's so strange how they managed to do that twice. Yeah, I loved her the first couple of seasons. I just love her quirkiness and like her just personality, like and how she just doesn't give a fuck. Like that's my favorite thing. Mm. And um, God, I'm trying to think who else I really liked. Whoever played. Um, Prince Philip was fine, too. I thought that his episodes were interesting. I'm really loving these. Let's feel sympathy for these shitty characters because, like, <laughs> sometimes, like, it kind of works because, like, Charles had an episode like that where it's like, hey, Charles went all through all this shit, but look, he does this charity for underprivileged children. Isn't that fucking awesome? And I'm thinking, wow, this show's really trying to cover its ass for something because it was weird because it was, like, an end credit scene where they're like, Prince Charles has helped this. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay. He also said, you know, an episode previously that he wanted to be someone's uh, tampon. Look, so that's just, like whatever. Like people say stupid, so like exactly. Like, I don't give a shit about that. Like you know, like make fun of him for it because he's a weird, rich, pompous jackass. But 
I don't know. It's like dirty talk is always weird. Yeah, I I enjoy that. I mean, I think it's nice. You know, good for him that he's happy with his with with Camilla. But um, he did some really shitty things. Oh yeah, but it's I, terrible. I think out of all those like sexy things to say that you want to be like someone's tampax, like I think that's so funny because it's like I just as a woman, I imagine like Carlos telling me like I want to live inside you like your tampon. Like what the fuck do I say to that? I don't. There's no response to that. Yeah, I mean, thank God she was nice about it and she just like, ha thank you or whatever the fuck she said, but. We talk about their goddamn boat too, and how they wanted to stop everything to bring back that boat, which have cost millions of dollars. Do you think if they would have done that shit today, how much shit they would have got? Fucking rich people, man. God, and they really showed too. They really showed, hey, the royals are getting old, and all they want is their goddamn boat. (laughs) (sighs) Should we talk about Andor? I'm kind of dreading it because then, like, what are we going to talk about now? Uh, what are we going to do now? I don't. I can just watch Andor again. Okay. That sounds good. So we had the final episode of season one of Andor, and it was so good. Nailed the landing. God damn, I love Tony Gilroy. He wrote this episode, and it was so good. The speeches were great. It was some of the tensest shit I've watched in a long time especially the fact that half of the episode was set to these drum beats and occasional clanging of the whatever that guy is called the time guardian or whatever what it is it's not time guardian but something weird and superhero sounding grappler time grappler <laughs> my small brain is like the bell ringer. Yeah, well, no, I know what it is. But yes, no, I just knew it was something weird. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know where to start because it was just a beautiful piece of television. Uh, the opening up with the kid um, building the bomb. Really intense. Right. I love I love kind of the stuff that Tony Gilroy hasn't felt the need to show in terms of casting is just back on the planet. We don't need to know whatatever happened, how he got there, the journey or anything like that. He's just back there because you just want to cut straight to that. Um and he just seems so lost and heartbroken this whole episode. And I just wanted to give him a hug and a cookie. Yeah, it seems like just all the losses that he've had, he's had has, has finally like come back like to him or made him realize that like, like I think that this is the episode where he's just realizing that like I'm in this fight. Like no matter how much I want to deny it, like I'm fucking here. And just all that he went through to get there. I mean, you know, he lost his adoptive father. He lost his sister, you know, and he lost Marva. Like, that's devastating for Cassian. And for him to go back there and to kind of, like, you know, see her funeral, like, and all that he had to do to get there, that's really rough. Yeah. And and Diego did 
so much with that. He's such an expressive actor. Um, you know, with the scene when he when he sees Bix for the first time, and how like obviously completely fucked up she is, and 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 all of that. And the oh my god, the scene with him and Brasso in the tunnel when he is telling Cassian about the stuff that his mom said to him. Like, the, the, I don't remember the exact line. It's like the, I love you more than any wrong thing you could do. Yeah. Oh, my heart. And, and just the... How great of a character is that, by the way? That motherfucker is awesome. Dude, I can't believe I slept on Brasso this whole season. I mean, look, and you know, first he's like, okay, he's just a friendly guy who works with Cassian. Maybe we'll see him again. Then he is really supportive of Marva and wants to get her medical help when she's being all stubborn and annoying. Then when she dies, he has a sleepover with B2 because he <laughs> knows that the little droid is so sad and he doesn't want to leave yet. So for a droid, he stays overnight. Because the droid is sad. And then this episode. Holy shit. He headbutted a stormtrooper. Which is an insane thing to do because he was not helmeted. He's just wearing a little hat. And also, he smashed somebody in the face with Marvis' funeral brick. <laughs> also awesome. That's fucking metal. I remember because, you know, when Marva's speech was going on and they started talking about the Empire and how all the stormtroopers were just like, all right, let, let's just blow this. The stormtrooper who kicked B2, I screamed at my TV. I was like, no! And that's when I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm invested in this shit. I feel bad that someone kicked a goddamn droid. I, I, I mean, that, that speech was so good. Uh, the whole idea of y you can't be neutral. Mm -hmm. There is no neutrality under the Empire. Like, if you are n neutral, then you're with the Empire. And this idea that like, they've, been s they've been asleep because it wasn't... I mean, it was directly affecting them, but not in the same, you know, like, not as, like, they were all being wiped out, like we saw on, on some of the other planets with the native speed, like, uh, populations just being killed. And so they were allowed to live their lives, and so they just lived them. And, and just that the way they cut to different people in the crowd over and over again at different parts of her speech and intercutting with how the, the Imperials were reacting to it and all, oh my God, just the, the score was incredible. The Star Wars marching band was great. Again, just the super tense drum beat when everybody's lining up on the street and you just know bad shit's going to happen. I knew during Marva's speech that I'm like, this is some supreme like Star Wars shit. Like this is like we're not gonna get anything like this like for a while. Like this is something that you know when I think of Star Wars, like you know, later in life, like I'm gonna think about this scene, and that's so crazy to me because of just how much Star Wars has you know tried to progress since like Disney Plus came along, and this would have never happened like five to ten years ago something like this would have never existed i i'm still kind of shocked that gilroy got to make this show 
it's fucking intense and just so just you know the the some little that the star wars messages are just like you know you know fight evil fight the empire like in that speech holy shit like a lot of i mean a lot of what star wars you know has in it like resonates like with today but damn yeah it it was it was a barnstormer and I, I'm just so impressed with it. And also I loved seeing um, Luthen's reaction to it, where it really seems to hit home with him, because we've already had his speech of what his rebellion is. And all the like terrible shit he's willing to do. And here is yet another way of looking at it. But also wouldn't exist without what Luthen does. But, you know, it's not just, well, everything goes to shit. I guess I can't kill this guy now. There there really is some something in that speech that really hit him hard. And I just... God, I'm so glad the cast of the show is so good. What's interesting to me now... Is I almost think that Luthen's definition of like we gotta kill him is different because when Cassian, you know, was telling him, hey, kill me, and then you know, it ends with Luthen laughing. Like, I think that his opinion of, you know, like what he's doing and what like the Rebel Alliance are doing is that, you know, they're soulless beings because they've given everything to the rebellion. So I, I think that in a way, like Cassian is like agreeing with him that okay, like I'll join your little shit because um, just to fight the Empire. What I love in that scene, I mean, besides just that they're both incredible, like, actors, the the wording that Cassin uses there, kill me or take me in, what really resonated, like, it, it's not just, you know, kill me or let me join you, but but take me in has this element of save me this mm-hmm. is a this is a guy who you know lost his parents and you know presumably the vast majority of his of his village when he was a kid he gets taken away by marva but marva becomes his mother figure to him and then he loses you know he loses his father his adopted father he loses marva he he is this lost little kid again suddenly and so take me in it, it's so much more than i want to join the fight it, it is there is this element of 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 wanting family and seeking something he can believe in because he's just a lost little boy who whose mom just died Yeah, and it was interesting how the episode had started, too, because you have the kid making the bomb, and then you're hearing Nemec's manifesto. Oh, man. Yeah, that was great. So I think it's interesting, because I think that that little bit of time that we had with Cassian with the whole group, you know, getting the payroll um, from the Empire, like, we see him, because at first, like, he's really hesitant to kind of, you know, join with everyone, but at the end of it, like, he you see that you know he 
he kind of has this like sense of, you know, wanting to belong and, you know, that sense of, you know, looking to somewhere where he can belong. So seeing him, you know, I guess like beg to, um, to what's his name, you know, like kill me or take me in. Like, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. And, oh, when once again, poor little B2, he just wants to be with his friend Cassian. And when Cassian sends him off again, when he realizes that Cassian is sending him off again. Oh. So good. And um, uh, I thought, although there wasn't a ton of it, I thought the stuff with uh, Mon was great. Uh, the play there of her pulling the, oh, you've been gambling again thing with Perrin, knowing that the driver is listening and that that will explain why their accounts are missing money was a stroke of brilliance. You know, who would have thought of that? Like, look, she's not as ruthless as Luthen, but she can do some cold shit. Because I actually, as as much as he's an asshole, I did feel genuinely bad for Perrin there. Because here's like something he hasn't done that she is so mad at, like she absolutely will not listen to him about. Because of course she, because she's not going to in this situation because she knows it's bullshit. But he, he genuinely seemed so hurt and offended. That she would not believe him. I, I felt bad for him. I know he's an asshole, but I just felt bad for him. And then that, you know, that she's made this deal with this, you know, crime lord to introduce to introduce his son to her daughter. Incredible. I can't believe she fucking did it. Yeah. I... I'm glad. I'm glad that they went that route because I think that's a much more interesting story than her refusing to do it. Um, I mean, it's fucked. Even though her daughter has gotten into all this traditional stuff, sometimes you you know your kids are into things that are bad for them, and you you don't you're like, hey, yeah, I I guess uh, if you're into an arranged marriage, it's fine. Like she, but oh man. Like, just the look well, on her I, face there. Maybe he's going to be a nice guy. You know, oh, they're sure. going to retire, live on a farm. You know, dad's <laughs> off doing weird tax things. But, you know, that's just what dads do. Like, he's going to take her. You know, they're going to have some cows and some piggies. And, you know, that she's going to be a farm girl. Perfect. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Uh, Cyril's still a huge fucking creep. Oh my god, what was up with that scene where, you know, Deidre's getting, like, fucking attacked, and then he saves her, and, like, they just are, like, looking at each other like they're about to fuck? Look, Holy no, fuck shit. That, like, it's so fucking, he is such a fucking creep, because it, it's so quickly apparent that he's not, you know, it's like, he has this idea that he's he's on the planet, because, you know, he's gonna, you know, Cassian has ruined his life, and he's gonna get this shit straightened out. But really, he's just stalking this chick. And he's a huge fucking creep. And I hate him and I want him to die. 
I am so excited for the internet to like turn this into like a romance between like Cyril and Deidre and like make those like TikTok compilation videos of like him stalking her, but then being like, this is love. I want this kind of love. Like, I can't wait. If you can do it with fucking Kylo literally torturing Ray and turn that into a romance, you can do anything. Ugh. What a new era. Good for the ah, TikTokers. They they new, have but... they have something. Yeah. I, I know, mean, this is terrible. I just ugh. He's such a fucking creep. I hate it. I mean he look, the actor's great at being a little annoying creep. But Oh my god. Like I just couldn't believe like I couldn't believe the Star Wars that we were getting, like seeing Deidre get attacked. Like that was pretty intense. Well, it was really intense. We see we see Cinta stab a dude to death. <laughs> that was that was gnarly. <laughs> we see plenty of people and die in Star Wars, but quite often, you know, it's either lightsaber we don't actually see much, or it's blaster fire where it's far away. She just ganks that dude. Yeah, it's like pew pew, and not I'm gonna stab your insides and put it even more because you're an asshole. Like oh. incredible. Like dude, Cinta's like Cinta fucks like. Damn, yeah. you don't want to fuck with her. Yeah, dude. Haas is right. She totally killed that family. Who doesn't think Haas is right at this point? I mean, like, uh, I feel I like think, I've heard Haas say this. I think maybe Will still disagrees with that. But, but Will is just the purest being in this world. Like, he sees good in everyone. Sweet, <laughs> sweet Will. Yeah, she, she totally fucking killed that lady and their kid. She killed everyone and she killed everyone twice. That's my theory. Look, she felt bad about it. No, no, she did. She was crying when she left. And then, like, yeah, obviously that is partially like crying over her own family. But I don't think she enjoyed killing a kid. But she was perfectly willing to kill a kid and would do it again. <sighs> but, but Emily, we, we didn't get to the best part of the episode. There's a, a uh, post credit scene. I am going to believe that this is something where Star Wars was like, Dude, you gotta do it. And Tony Gilroy was like, fine. It's not as bad as I had been worried about when I first learned that there was a post credit sequence like a week or so before the episode. I'm like, oh, god damn it. I didn't, I did not. But I was worried it was going to be like a dumb cameo or something. I mean, I guess it is kind of a cameo. It's a cameo of the Death Star. (laughs) I hated it so fucking much. Like, I I was... I was telling Rusty and Carlos of like before, before that end credit scene, I would have given Andor a ten, like a ten, fantastic. But after that end credit scene, like it's a nine point five through a nine point seven now. Like what the I, fuck? Like I don't care about the Death Star. I I think like I get it. Like I I wish I wish they hadn't done it, but I didn't, it didn't bother me all that much. Um, I'm glad we didn't. Well, you know, like see fucking vader or anything you know (laughs) it could have been so much worse what happened to the rumors that tarkin was supposed to be in it do they think that her like her partner was was tarkin entirely possible or or at some point he was going to be in it that's also a possibility i don't remember how early those rumors were and also sometimes people just get things wrong however we better get fucking ben Mendelsohn next season yeah, I'm. I'm gonna protest that. 
you know, I'm I'm not I don't even know what to protest, but I just really <laughs> I really want to see Mendo. I feel like he would fit in so well with this kind of genre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, honestly, you don't actually need him because you have all these other Imperials. But if you're going to be doing Death Star shit, and I assume they are now that they've shown us the Death Star, then then you need either him or Tarkin cuz it's like their you know baby that they're fighting over yeah as, as Mendo says you know you stand here and it's my achievement not yours god damn I love Ben Mendelsohn you know all those you know the ISB um, people like they're all really fucking good like I loved even like they're they were having like little Skype sessions with Deidre I loved how 70s those were mm. because you see the screens and like i could have totally seen that and like watched like empire strikes back right afterwards and been like oh yeah like that's accurate like i love those kind of things when they really try to you know stay in that genre of this was a movie that was created in the late 70s like i love that for some reason especially like with the facial hair just the different details that are in this show like i I really liked it. I'm really sad it's leaving. I I really enjoy it. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much, which I think I want to go into every Star Wars series as pessimistic as I was about Andor because I'm I'm shocked that Star Wars created something so good. I yeah, I know. It, I mean, that's the thing is it's ge- it's genuinely good. It's not just a thing I enjoy. It is something that is on par with like the highest quality shows that are on right now. I would recommend this to anyone. Like, even if, like, they didn't like Star Wars, I would tell them to watch this because it's interesting. And you have the different arcs and everything, too, because that's the best part about the arcs, I think, is that I genuinely feel like you can start any of them at any point and, like, not be too confused. I mean, I would recommend watching this show from the beginning, but... But still, I mean, you know, people are weird. Like, you know, maybe some people, like, don't like to watch, like, series or something i don't know but i this was great i'm i'm sad it's over if i'm sad i don't know how Catherine's doing i just i thought it was a a really solid piece of television on every level and no goddamn jedi when was the last time we didn't have a Jedi. I don't even think we've had a show without No, of course we haven't had anything. A Jedi. I mean, if you want to be like technical, like in you know, The Force Awakens there were no Jedi. But I mean, like Luke Skywalker showed up at the end, but he's not really a Jedi anymore. And like Ray's like not really a Jedi because like she wasn't really trained yet. Like, yeah, nothing. Like yeah, we've look, never look, had when anything I, when I say without like Jedi I mean what most people mean when they say Jedi and Star Wars is force user. Yeah. But yeah, no, this was really the first thing without any. And it really shows that Star Wars is capable of surviving without fucking Jedi. Which, Star Wars, please stop putting Jedi in every single thing. Like, I don't want every Star Wars series to be this, like, nostalgia sandwich to where, like, some YouTuber can make a video of the 500 things you missed in this episode. Like, I I like Easter eggs, but I don't want to be like severely penetrated well, by them your, you know your show shouldn't i mean that seems like easter eggs should be easter eggs they should not be the main purpose of your show there's plenty of easter eggs in andor 
most of it is stuff that Tony Gilroy had no idea about because it's just things that the set designers put in. Like, yeah, like there's and- lots of stuff in, in Luthen's little rich person antique store. There's all kinds of shit in there, but they don't feel the need to, you know, do a rack zoom on each of them and be like, hey, this is that thing you might recognize from this other thing. They just let it exist. It's interesting now comparing Andor to Kenobi and And how one of them is good. It's just heartbreaking. (laughs) Like Kenobi had so much potential those first two episodes and it just went down so fast. Do you think it bombs you and McGregor out how good Andor is? No, I don't. I I don't think that he's as invested. I think he he was just happy either way to, to play Obi Wan again. But if you go, man, like, what if I were in a show that were that good versus Kenobi? Like, yeah, because the thing is. I mean, Star Wars fans were talking about Kenobi, I guess. You know who I didn't hear talk about Kenobi? Anybody who wasn't a Star Wars fan. Versus <laughs> I have, like, movie critics and stuff who I follow on Twitter are talking about Andor all the time. People who are not, like, the Star Wars community. Well, then, I hope that it challenges him to, if he decides to revisit the character, to add something to his character other than, you know, Alec Guinness or you know, other inspirations like from other movies or, you know, other things that, you know, could see as nostalgic, like, you know, adding, you know, a hello there, like adding some personality to your character or, you know, creating something from your character. Because I really think that Diego really did that with Cassian. Like, I feel like I learned a lot about Cassian, even though like he wasn't my favorite character of the show. Um, he's possibly one of the most interesting Star Wars characters right now because he has such a story. He was great. I liked him. I liked the end. I'm interested where it goes from here. Yeah, I liked it. Like, everybody in the show is awesome. The characters are all interesting and have depth to them and feel like people. Yeah, and I feel like that's the problem with Kenobi was that I didn't it was so fast and it's like they didn't feel like people you know they were just things from my childhood you know you had that scene where you know you're flashing back to Obi-Wan and Anakin you know like practice fighting or something and it's like what was that useful for and then you have the scene where Cassian is on his old home planet and it's kind of explaining like how he ended up you know where he was today like that is how you execute a flashback scene like well, not everything needs to be nostalgic you know, that's the thing is like they were doing character building whereas kenobi was playing on nostalgia you don't you don't learn anything in that scene about obi-wan you don't learn anything when you're jacking off other than you're having a good time <laughs> yeah. that's kenobi yeah there's, there's things I liked in Kenobi. Okay, I thought little Leia was great, but that's, oh, yeah, kind, that's kind of about it. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I, I used to think that Kenobi was one of my favorite characters, but like now it's like after watching that, I'm just like, I don't know. It's yeah. bummed when you think like something's your favorite and then it's not. Yeah, my new favorite is every person on Andor except for Cyril. 
Oh yeah, Mothma, man! Like Mothma oh. just really got me this this uh, season. Like, I want to learn so much about Mothma. Like, she's just so interesting to me. Like, just her lifestyle, you know, the Shandarin, you know, lifestyle. Um, you know, I loved when Padme was a senator because you know that gave Padme like a passion, you know, personality. You know, she wants to fight separatists and evil and you know then her husband ends up being evil that's fucking awkward and you know you have fucking mothma who's been living with evil for 16 years and is raising evil i mean more more jackass than evil but yeah yeah that's true i just gambling evil i i I love the canto bite reference i love that (laughs) i'm like hey that's us we we gotta mention in the show (sighs) that was nice that was a nice little. That was a nice little moment for us. It's because it's because yeah, it's because Tony's a big fan of our show. Oh, my friend Tony. It reminds me of when uh, I saw the Last Jedi with my family, and it was like the first time everyone was seeing it. And as soon as um, as Finn says, "We gotta go to Canto Bite," my dad's like, "Brittany, that's your podcast." I'm like, "Dad, <laughs> this is the middle of the movie. You can't do that." my parents got so fucking excited they're like how did you know and i'm like this has been like a thing for like years that like there's gonna be a casino planet called canto bite (sighs) what a ride what a ride the show has been um can't believe we're not gonna get it for a couple of years like a year and a half something like that i don't i don't want to think about i just I don't know how to go back to normal Star Wars after this. Oh, what's the worst fucking part is that? Well, no, we're we're getting Bad Batch, which is lovely. Omega. Yeah, but then we're getting fucking Mandalorian. And God only knows how that's going to be. I mean, I, there's plenty of Mandalorian I enjoyed, but that show is so up and down. Yeah, I don't know. And, I mean, yeah, at least even they got yeah. rid of the bad things. Yeah, but like the problem with Mandalorian is even the up of Mandalorian is kind of like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> I was never like blown away. The only time I was blown away by Mandalorian is seeing the little baby Yoda for the first time. And I yeah. lost my shit because it was a little baby Yoda. But now we've seen the little baby Yoda plenty. And don't get me wrong. I still want to see the little baby Yoda at all opportunities because he is adorable and I like the way his little baby Yoda ears move. But, you know, it's not a speech from Stellan Skarsgård about how he has to, like, be an evil monster and close off his heart. But Emily, you didn't make a YouTube video of you crying to the Luke Skywalker review? (laughs) I mean, that would have required me to not be super annoyed by the Luke Skywalker reveal. But... <laughs> I feel like I saw that like compilation video because like Mark Hamill put it together of just like a compilation of just like everyone watching it. Um, Not everyone, but like a, a couple of YouTubers. I think Araj made it, but I don't think Araj was crying. Not like steel crying, <laughs> which was pretty good. That still warms I mean, my heart. Look, God bless people who are that connected to that character. I have never given a shit about Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I don't know. If Taylor Swift ends up in Star Wars, though, I might cry too. <laughs> but that's a whole different thing. I mean, maybe when I see her in March, I might cry because I'll be in fucking church. I'm so bummed I can't see her with Eric. Oh, that like, would have been something. That, 
That really would have been because I don't think I've ever talked to Taylor the way that I talked to her with Eric. Like I've never connected with someone who likes something as much as me, you know, like with star Wars, you know, like it's interesting. Hmm. So that's fun. He's going to have fun. And uh, I think he's seeing her in St. Louis or something or Chicago. I don't fucking know, but that's fun. If, if only Eric, I have an extra ticket in, in Vegas. So if you want to fly down, I know I still need to do something with a goddamn ticket. I want. I would only sell it, but I would sell it at face value. Oh, yeah, because I know definitely. a bunch of Swifties really want to go because so many people are scalping the fucking tickets. Like it's crazy. When is that show? Um, March twenty fifth. Oh, okay. Right before celebration. Wow. In the span of a week, I will see Taylor Swift. Go to Normandy. Go to Disney Paris and hug you. <laughs> yes, I am. I am on par with all of those things. Yeah, I'm fucking stoked. That's going to be a crazy fucking couple weeks. I'm, yeah, I'm very excited. Going to go to Scotland. Oh, I still need to organize everything yeah. for my tours. I don't, and... don't want to even think about it. I need to do, F, like, literally, I haven't done anything, so... <laughs> I haven't even purchased my flights. Let's not talk about it. Can we win the lottery? Yes, please. Like, as Canto Bite, so that we don't have to worry about... We could maybe fly together. Like, you know, my plane could, like, pick you up. We can go together. Then it'd be a fun time. Sounds good. Or we can take the Queen's boat. Send the boat over here. I mean, I have time. We can create time because we're rich now because we won the lottery. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, that, I guess I could. I don't have to work anymore. So I can just, it doesn't matter if it's like takes however long it takes to cross in a boat. Yeah. And we can get like a, a tour of the boat too because like the boat seemed really fucking old. And I love like, you know, just weird history. But that was a really nice boat. <laughs> like that sucks about the boat. But the boat was old and she got, she had to go. But just the history the boat had. Okay. Brittany, is there anything else we need to talk about tonight? Other than boats, no. Okay. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Canto Brit. What about you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. The show is at CantoBitePod. You can send us uh, email, CantoBitePod at gmail.com. Oh, we had a we have a fuck my kill from Matt Mole. Should we do that really quick? Uh, I thought it was Mike Mole. Sorry. Do you have it? Yeah. Uh, what a finale. Marvis speech, French kiss. Tony Gilroy, take a bow. Fuck, Mary kill. Sophie's chose style. Mendo, Gilroy, Peter crushing. Okay. Sent from iPhone. Uh, oh. Can I wait and kill Tony Gilroy after Andor season two is done? Yeah. Okay. Then I would I would fuck Mendo. I'd marry Peter Cushing because he was the sweetest man who ever lived. Fuck Mendo because Mendo. And after Andor is done, I will very sadly, very, very sadly, because I love his movies, kill Tony Gilroy. I would choose the same exact thing because I feel like Mendo smells like bourbon and cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I want to smell that I mean, for he, the rest he, of my he life. definitely smells like cigarettes. 
Oh, 100%. Like, I'm smelling cigarettes right now thinking about him. <laughs> so that's why I'll, I'll fuck him so that it's not in my system for too long. Uh, but yeah, Peter seems like a lovely guy. Like, you know, sit on the couch with me and tell me about, like, his sculptures that he made or something. I don't know. Like, him with a pipe in his mouth and talking about, like, you know, the newspaper or something. Yeah. Like, that seems lovely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Thank- Matt. Thanks, Matt. All right. Other than that, show is over now. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Bye. Bye. Here we go. Yo, 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 and away we go It's time to serenade my girl Lindo Sorry the ladies where I had to say no But if I'm cheating on Serena, it's on Canto No shame in the game Make even Rogue One seem tame But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main Yeah, that's fire Love on the rocks leaves the love on my socks Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked Especially when y'all truly whips out his cock Canto bite Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E and B deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches on my canto bitches start off with my Aussies Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch with canto bitch number one Josh made it a team and had bourbon and cornflakes the kind of ice cream that made him show me his old face got to meet turbo and throw back some brew fish tacos and San Fran you know we approve Rebecca from Perth I haven't met you yet last shout to Fushi dude I didn't forget this is for the bitches strictly for the bitches give it up for the bitches all the canto bitches this one's for my bitches only for the bitches throw your hands up bitches all my canto bitches Rabia and Adele often email the show I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grasso Jesse McGee busted a rap for me Met her and Horse B at Scum and Villainy King Tom Death Watch The most regal of fathers Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata Shouted Rusty last time so I shout a Raj too You know the list ain't complete without Lesson Boo This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches all my canto bitches now if i didn't say your name don't feel no shame you love the fun the games and refresher bangs hang on every word of lindo's fanfic where she describes every vein in mendo's dick spread the word maybe buy a t-shirt i don't know maybe ask the girls of yattle squirts take your cbd send in your top three and you'll always be a bitch like me get him eric